Thank you for the kind words. Um, it's true. You know, I, I was in darkness at one time in my life. And, um, and before that time, I could remember as a young child uh, being in my bedroom, cleaning my room. And I could just remember the spirit of God falling in my room. And I had to be about eight or nine years old. And I could remember God touching me in such a way um, that I just, I still remember. I don't have very many memories from being that young in my life. But during that time, the Lord touched me in such a way that I believe he began to birth something in me that day. I knew that day that I was going to pursue something in the Lord. That... um, that he had something for me, that he had a plan and a purpose. And it was more than just living this life in the old rat race, you know, working, making money, taking care of your family. I knew he began to birth something in me. And I want to know how many of you out there, the Lord has given you a a purpose, a vision, a destiny, a plan. Raise your hand. I want to know how many of you know that the Lord has imparted something within you? How many of you? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you are walking in that destiny right now, the full scope of your destiny? Well, praise God, I can tell you that I'm not. I'm not, because I believe that my mind can't even comprehend what the Lord has for me. I believe that God has more for us, that that destiny and that purpose and that passion and that vision that he has put within us is more than we'll even know. And today I want to talk to you about destiny delayers, that there are things in your life that can delay that destiny. I know that the Lord starts a good work in us, and, I, and I'm not here to pre- preach anything about religious this and religious that, but we are all a fallen man, and we were all born with issues and things in our lives that will hinder us from becoming what God wants us to be. So I have a few points here today that I want to talk to you about. Possibly could be you, maybe not. But if the shoe fits, I pray that you wear it and you pray about it. So let's open our word to Samuel 16, verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely... The Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. The Lord looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord, the Lord doesn't, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
Again, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then said, Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. There's so many times in our life that we think that we're surrounded by people that the Lord should choose over us. Lord, choose them. They have this. They have that. They've got it together. I don't have it together. Choose them, Lord. But the Lord doesn't look at the circumstances that you and I look at, the outward appearance. The Lord has placed things within us that we and others sometimes can't recognize. But the Lord knows, and the Lord knows that he's placed them in there for a purpose. And what happens, I think, is is the Lord speaks to us and ministers to us, and we know that he has something great for us, and we expect to run out the door that day, and it, to, and it happens. And it doesn't always work that way. In 2 Samuel 5 and 4, it says that David was 30 years old when he became king. So when I read Samuel 16, I'm reading that he was young. What, about 15, Brother White? Very young, maybe 15 at the oldest. 15 years had passed before David took the throne after being anointed as king. God can put something in your heart, and it doesn't mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. You have to be able to stand the test of time, have faith, and do not grow weary because when the Lord puts a plan and a purpose in your life, he wants to bring it to completion. Are you going to delay your destiny? Many of us grow weary, many of us, when we go through those rough times in life, you know, when your dog dies, and I'm not making light of that, that's horrible, some people lose a child, lose a spouse, lose a job, their health is failing, and you wonder, where are you, God? What happened to this plan and this purpose that you placed in my life? And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't always look like the way we think that it's going to look, because he knows who's around us, he knows what's in us, he knows what's what needs to change, and he knows what's to come. David was anointed king, and I'm going to tell you that each and every one of you have been anointed to rule over your sphere of influence, that we all are joint heirs to the throne. Each and every one of us have been anointed for a purpose in our lives. You do not know who you're going to touch, but it is somebody. There are eyes on you. There are people on you, and this walk is not sheerly for you. 
so many times we think it's all about me, but it's not all about you. Christ's suffering was all about everybody else and nothing to do with him. He was the one and only man that stood infallible and sinless, and he bore the worst death on earth. And you and I want to stand and think that it's all about me. Well, I'm going to tell you that you might go through things in your life that have nothing to do with you, but it's for everybody who has their eyes on you. God is looking for a willing vessel to walk through some stuff in this life to endure the test so that those around him can come to know him. Quit thinking that it's all about you. It is not all about you. And if we want to talk about it's all about you, then let's talk about some of the things that we struggle with if it's all about us, right? Let's look at us. Um, I get ahead of myself and I lose my place in my notes. Amen. Amen. Rejection. Rejection. Rejection sometimes stops us, right? Rejection stops us from fulfilling that destiny. You know, I talked on Thursday night about Joseph. Joseph was rejected by each and every one of his brothers. Joseph's destiny was really to save the lineage of Christ Jesus. It was because of Joseph and what he went through that we had Christ Jesus. That's how the plan worked out. And Joseph was rejected by those that were so intimate to him. He had all those brothers that hated him and were so envious of him that they plotted to kill him. And they didn't kill him, but they sold him into slavery. And we want to sit and whine and complain because people at work don't like us. Or the boss talked to me really rude. Or so-and-so is mean to me at church and they don't hug my neck. And so-and-so doesn't do this. But what about if your brothers and your sisters sold you into slavery? slavery in Egypt, he was rejected. And you know, when I read the scripture, I don't hear about Joseph ever whining. I don't hear about Joseph's heart growing cold. I hear about Joseph that even when he was in that prison, that the Lord was with him, that the Lord's favor was upon him, that even when you and I, we face rejection in this world, that the Lord is still with us. But we so many times get our eyes on our circumstances around us, and we don't get our eyes upon the Lord. And Lord, I'm right with you want me to be right now and that maybe people are rejecting me right now because you are carving them out right the word says that the Lord takes and gives and maybe the Lord is taking out of your life what is poison taking people out of your life that doesn't have any place in your future because God says who stays and God says who goes so let's just stand thank you Lord that the people that are rejecting me are the people that you don't want in my life but I don't have my spiritual eyes on so that I cannot see there are things that we're going to go through that we have to get we have to take those scales from our eyes we're so blinded so many times and we're and we're so consumed with how we feel about things because rejection hurts our feelings that's what rejection hurts deep down within but sometimes that rejection is from the lord and we have to come to know that let's put on our big girl and big boys pants like Matt said, quit trying to squeeze into the pants of yesterday, right? And put on the pants that the Lord has for us today and know that though I'm rejected, though they hate me, I'm still going to stand for you, Lord, because you are in me and greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Some of us, when we're rejected and people don't invest in our dreams and our destiny and all those things, we think we're mistaken, 
we think, I must have got it wrong, you know. And, and not everybody's going to buy into your dream. Not everybody's going to believe in your destiny. I think that's one of the mistakes that Joseph made, if I might say that, is that he decided to tell his brothers about his destiny and about his dream. And sometimes the Lord's going to whisper things into your ear that he wants for you, and it's not for you to share with those around you. Some things the Lord wants to say just between you and him, because you know what? The enemy's right there to listen to. And if he can sweep in and use things that are going to discourage you from going forth in that destiny, you better believe he will, because you and I are the hands and the feet of the Lord today. And so the enemy is out to steal, kill, destroy, and sift you and your family as we, so that we don't go forth and, and, and walk in that destiny and fulfill those plans and fulfill those purposes. So quit running your mouth to everybody looking for validation, looking for people to co-sign what the Lord has called you to do and trust that only you need to know what the Lord has for you and walk in that today. I can tell you there's people in my life that if I ever would have told them that I was going to be a minister, they'd laugh. You? I know what you've done, right? They'd want to throw things in my face. I've done some awful things in my life. Thank God that all those things were nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. That I stand here white as snow before the Lord, not because anything I do not because anything I've ever done, but because who Christ Jesus is who he is. People in your life will discourage you. It's not for outside validation that we need to look for. Our insecurities, our insecurities, they hinder us. They, you know, we look at all these people around us and what they have going for us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait 15 years before I reign in the realm that God has anointed me to be queen over. I want to get it today. I don't, I don't believe we have 15 more years. Fear. Fear. Fear grips us. Fear binds us. Fear will keep us from reaching our destiny. When I get fearful, excuse me, when I get fearful about where I am, um, in life or attacks or situations or, or things like that. By nature, in, in my natural man, I could be pretty anxious um, and I can get fearful. And when I get fearful of things, this scripture always comes to mind and it's Joshua 1.9. And it says, have I not commanded you to be strong? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever I go, to the end of the earth, the Lord is with me and commands me to do not fear, to be strong, to rise up in him and know that the great I am dwells within me, that just like Joseph, I wear a coat, a cloak that the enemy knows that he can't touch me. He cannot touch me. Just as Joseph was cloaked, I believe that the Lord has cloaked his chosen people. When the enemy looks upon you, he knows who you are before you know who you are. Learn who you are. You're a seed of the righteous. You belong to the great I am. And he is calling you to be to not be afraid, to have courage, to stand. Stand in a day when nobody wants to stand for what's morally right and morally good because it's socially unacceptable. We have to stand. We have to choose to be set apart and not worrying about 
fitting in. Most of us, when we don't stand for what's right, it's because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of ostracism, fear of all those things. But the Lord says, I've commanded you to be strong, be of courage, for I'm with you wherever you go, wherever you walk in darkness, when you're all by yourself, it doesn't matter. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. So many times when we don't see all these outward blessings, we want to say, Lord, am I in the right place? Get in the word. It doesn't matter where you go. He says, I am with you. We have to know that he is with us no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through. You can get the worst news in the ever from the, the worst news ever from the doctor, but you got to say, you know what, Lord, you are with me in sickness and in health, in death and in life, in divorce, in marriage, you are with me. In famine, in abundance, you are with me. No matter where I go, you are with me. Unforgiveness. It's a destiny delayer. It's a big destiny delayer. I'm going to tell you it's probably one of the biggest destiny delayers because there are those of us who sit on the pew and we stay to this side of the church because sister so-and-so over here hurt our feelings about 12 years ago. And we've been praying, Lord, I forgive her. Lord, forgive her. Lord, forgive her. But do you forgive her? Do you forgive her? Do you really forgive her? Do you go out of your way to say hi to her? Or when you see her pull up in the parking lot, do you wait in your car a little bit longer so she can go into the church before you do? I ain't lying. I'm keeping it real. We got issues, family, family dynamics. Family dynamics can be pretty funky. And I'm sure I'm digging in someone's backyard. But when you're avoiding them birthday parties and you conveniently always, I got to work that day. I'm sorry, sis. I'd be there. You know I love you, but I got to work. Come on, because you don't want to go to the birthday party because somebody's going to be there. That unforgiveness is going to hinder you. You don't know that the very person that you hold a grudge against might be the very person that God is calling you to reach. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the division in my family. I don't want to be the division in my church. You and I are held responsible for these things. I don't want to be the one beyond all my ego and pride because usually that's what gets in the way. That's why we don't forgive. It's that ego and that pride. Well, bless God, I didn't deserve that. Is that not what we say? I didn't deserve that. Why'd they do that to me? But little do we know that we've hurt people too that we're not even aware of. We have to forgive. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will God forgive you your trespasses. I don't think that we want to, or that we look at this very often when we're holding on to stuff. Because this, there is a requirement for our forgiveness from what I'm reading, is that I need to be willing to forgive others. Because if I'm not willing to forgive others, then it sounds like to me that God's not willing to forgive me. 
So that in and of its, I got a lot of stuff I need to be forgiven of. I'm going to tell you that right now. My list is pretty long, and so I'm going to just start forgiving right now. And when I lay my head on my pillow at night, Lord, show me all the unforgiveness in my heart. And I'm not kidding, because we can walk around with unforgiveness that we're not even aware of, that it becomes so natural and becomes a part of us, that it starts to take root within us. And I pray that you will do the same, that we will ask the Lord to begin to show us the unforgiveness in our heart. We had a man come here and speak a couple years ago for prayer conference, and he had this prayer of binding and loosing. This is how powerful prayer is and that the Lord hears your prayer. And I begin to pray that prayer of binding and loosing. And in that prayer of binding and loosing, it was breaking the chains of unforgiveness in our heart and the strongholds of unforgiveness in our heart. And probably about a week or two into praying that, I started dreaming about somebody in my life that um, had hurt me really bad. Um, And we kind of semi-patched things up. We were cordial. We would say hi and things like that. But the relationship wasn't where it had been before. And I kept dreaming and kept dreaming and kept dreaming and kept dreaming to the point I didn't even want to call the person. And it showed me very evident what was going on. When I called that person, we ended up bawling on the phone. And and since that day, the Lord has repaired that relationship. And I didn't even know that I had that unforgiveness in my heart. But if you do, I want you to know that the Lord wants to root that out. He wants to bend relationships. He He wants family together. He wants unity. He wants brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to be brothers and sisters because true brothers and sisters will stand for each other. They will bind together. That's what brothers and sisters do. Do not let unforgiveness be a delayer of your destiny. Doubt and unbelief. Those are huge, huge, huge. A lot of the doubt and unbelief comes when we're not renewing our mind. When we're not renewing our mind daily. The Lord will share something with you, and that day you've spent time with him, and you're on fire. You're like, yes, praise God, I have faith for that. I'm going to see it to come. But then you don't pray tomorrow, and you don't pray the next day. You're still living off yesterday's blessings, yesterday's anointing, yesterday's vision, and doubt and unbelief starts to creep in. You have to renew your mind daily. Daily renew your mind. Daily spend time with the Lord. Daily. This is a daily walk with the Lord that he wants for each and every one of us. Daily spending time with him. Daily in his word. The daily renewal. He wants to continue to deposit things in your mind. He wants to prepare you for things that are coming. While you are walking in that road of destiny, you will endure hardships. And he wants to make sure that you have spent enough time with him that you remember no matter where you go, I am with you. We forget that he's with us because we're not spending time with him. A relationship is two ways, two-way street. I'm going to tell you that if I didn't talk to my husband for day in and day out, a week later I'm going to wonder, God, I'm going to feel disconnected. There's going to be a disconnect. It's the same thing with the Lord. You think you can go five, six days without talking to the Lord and then something big come up and we're like, we're going to feel that disconnect. Are you there, Lord? Are you punishing me because I didn't pray? Are you this? Is that not our first thought? Are you punishing me, Lord? 
The Lord doesn't want to punish you. The Lord is not seeking out your sin. The Lord has poured his grace and mercy out upon you, and you would know that if you spent time with him daily, you would know that he is there with you. We have to rise up. We have to be determined to answer the call. Can I have the worship team come back up? We have to be determined to answer the call. And I feel like I just touched on a few areas that delay our destiny. But I also want to say that sometimes the delay isn't just for us or isn't always about, you know, what we've done wrong. It's, it's building that faith within us. It's building that faith within us. If we're going to do anything great for the Lord, we're probably going to have to go through some great adversities. People want to connect with other people who have been through what they've been through. If you are going through something, if you are struggling right now, I want you to know that it is not in vain, that the Lord is there with you, that the Lord desires for you to come out and be victorious. The Lord has placed the crown of victory on each and every one of us. We just have to rise up and know that we belong to the great I am. But there's going to be others that are going to look to you. They're going to see what you're going through. They're going to see what you've been. Your testimony is going to touch other people. What does the word say? That we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That the Lord has a testimony for us that we are going to struggle. We're going to go through things in this life, and they're going to reach other people. But the Lord doesn't want you to go through these things alone. As he begins to illuminate these things to you and in your life, Answer him. Listen to him. Obey him. Heed to his call. Listen to what he's saying to you. You know, the other night, it was wee hours in the morning, and I heard my phone buzz, and there was this message that popped up, and it really irritated me. And it was a person who I care about, and I immediately, in my mind, this was all in my mind, wanted to go on the offense. And the Holy Spirit pricked me so hard and it was in the middle of the night I knew it was the Lord because I don't think all that spiritual in the middle of the night when you're all <laughs> and the Lord said that's your defense mechanism right there and I was like "Ooh, that was heavy that's my defense mechanism because I still have defenses I still have walls I still sometimes keep people at an arm distance and the Lord doesn't want that for us. He wants to tear those walls down. He wants us to give up our defense mechanisms. He wants me to get rid of the fear. He wants us to get rid of the doubt. He wants us to get rid of the disobedience. He wants us to come and be obedient with him. You know, the word says that he will complete the good work that he had begun in you. He wants to complete that good work in you. Do not delay your destiny. If you, are, if you are recognizing areas or things in your life that are delaying your destiny, we want to pray with you. We want to pray that you will be empowered, that the Lord's Spirit will surround you in such a mighty way and enable you to overcome those things. Because we are called to be overcomers, overcomers in Christ Jesus. But we have some work to do to get self out of the way. Sister Wanda, you are right on. I am so not perfect. When the Lord pricked me and said that that's your defense mechanism, I'm going to tell you all day long I wrestled with that. I still wanted to go on the offense. Because what do you do when you got to lay down your defense mechanism? What do you do? You're there, you're exposed, you're open. 
And the only thing you can do is rely on the Lord. Lord, you're going to take care of it. You're going to handle it. That I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to do any of those things. I have a relationship with you, and no matter what goes on, you're there with me, and that's all that matters. We get so tied up in all the outside things, how people are going to perceive us and what somebody did. And none of it matters. He's the only one that matters. And when we get in touch with he's what matters, then we're able to love on others because we care about what he cares about. And that's what this is all about, loving others. So if you have a need today, if your destiny is being delayed and you know it and you see it, we want to pray with you. And we're not going to wait long. But these altars are open and we'd love to pray with you. Just give it to the Lord. Trust in him that he's going to take you to where he placed within your heart. That dream, that passion, that purpose, that vision, we want to pray with you this morning that it will come forth in the name of Jesus. And if you're standing in the way, that the Lord will show you how to get out of the way and let the Lord take over. Because that's what he desires. Like a mighty rushing wind, he desires to rush in and rearrange everything in your life so that his purpose could come forth. So these altars are open.